With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So there, the Cavs. Ira, as uh, someone who has spent a lot of time around LeBron James, uh, you want to weigh in on the mystery of Game 3? You know, it's funny, Mike, because I heard your last call also going to the break about what's wrong with the Cavaliers that they dared lose a game. Look, that was not a James Harden no-show like in Game 6 against the Spurs. That was LeBron sitting back, Kevin Love hitting an incredible number of threes early on, his team seemingly in control, and the feeling for most of the game that he didn't have to do it. And then when the fourth quarter came and the Celtics made their charge, he simply couldn't reignite. So to me, Mike, that is a total one-off. That is LeBron telling himself, now, tonight, I've got to be engaged no matter what from the start. I can't cruise anymore. We can't let this be the series. I don't think it's anything like the mystery of James Harden in Game 6. I think it's a great, great player not having a great game, something that all the Warriors players can do because there's so many other great players on that team. Do you think... uh... You know, uh, what do you think that game meant, if anything, to the Celtics after the embarrassment of game two? Do you think that game is at least gives them something they can kind of hang their hats on? Oh, yeah, that, that's a safe face kind of game. Because let's face it, without Isaiah Thomas and without Horford being so up and down, they clearly are not a match for them. I, I, I don't know what the spread is tonight. I know it's less I think than 15. I think 15. Yeah, yeah I, I think the Cavs just totally take it to them. Boston doesn't have enough offense. You know, Marcus Smart is not going to have another game like that. It still took a ball dancing on the rim from Avery Bradley. It was a nice moment. But if the Cavs play the best of their Cavs, the best of the Cavs, it's not an issue. And you know what, Mike? You know what the motivation is more than Game 3? It's the Warriors winning last night. It's the Warriors being rested, the Warriors going home. The Cavaliers, since day one, knew who the chase was on against. I think the motivation from the Cavs comes more from what the Warriors did than what the Celtics did. And I thought the funniest thing is there's uh, J.R. Smith saying, don't worry, LeBron will be back tonight. I mean, how funny is it that the reassuring voice is J.R. Smith? <laughs> and, and yet, and yet J.R. Smith, if he played this well and with this much of a winning mentality elsewhere, you could see it also. Mike, this is such a case of the right players finding the right situation. I mean, even Shumpert had a few moments there, you know, along the way for the, in the playoffs for the Cavs. So, look, you can say all you want, and you can reassure LeBron all you want. He knows what he is. He knows what the stake is. He knows what has to get done. I honestly feel for the Celtics going into tonight's game. Yeah, no, I, I listen. I, I totally expect the same thing. Uh, we all did. We, you know, we know what t- tonight will bring. Uh, back to pick and roll basketball uh, from the start tonight. We know right, right. We can know what it'll look like. We we know the whole deal. So we've seen it so many times. Um, the finals will begin. June 1, has, June there, has there ever been a year where they need the finals to just pick up this, this NBA playoffs? I oh, mean, it's, it's, it's it has just in, been unbelievably it, it's how it's bad and nothing. one-sided that yeah. it's been. And not only that, not only the, 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 the sparsity of games, 
and the scarcity of games, but the one-sided nature of most of these games. Yeah, I mean, you know Adam Silver will say, but hey, wait a minute. There was a Game 7 Clippers-Jazz. There was a Game 7 Celtics-Wizards. There have been moments along the way, but you're totally right. But you know what? In any business, it's the last thing is the lasting memory. And if the NBA can create memories over this seven-game series, no one will forget the dogs of games that we've been subjected to for the last six weeks because this is what it was pointing to. But, Mike, I'm telling you, there's a bigger story, and it's one you're not going to hear from Adam Silver and not hear from anyone covering the finals, and it's the fact that a 30-team league can't be a two-team league, and this is what it's become, and I'm sure as soon as the finals are over, the two betting favorites for next season will be the Warriors and the Cavs, and we'll be asking the same question. Hey, look, I mean, the, the Spurs are going to be a year older, so that's a question likely no Manu Ginobili. The Celtics have shown that the, where they stand now, even if they bring in Markel Fultz, a young player has to learn to play in this game. I think this league problem is, yes, the new CBA has changed the super teams and players coming together. But we're not only talking about these finals, Mike. We're probably talking about the next two or three years also of the NBA being a two-team league. That's not good for any sport. And look how much the Durant move to the uh, Warriors Mm -hmm. shook the NBA to its core. Look at the unbelievable rule they put in about how much money you can make, the money that you can make by being an all-NBA player. My God, it's unbelievable how much money you can make now. And that's the thing. They had to come up with a number. What is a number that will prevent a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler or a player like that from saying, no, I'm not going to leave my team? And they started, it used to be about, Mike, 10 to $15 million. Well, as we know, with LeBron and Chris Bosh and other guys, that didn't work. So they said, what about 20 What about 30 What about 40 And now we're in the range for Gordon Hayward if he, if he stays one more year and becomes All-NBA. Now we're in the range of this. If a player stays, you're talking 50, 60, maybe on some contracts, 70 million. I think that's a workable number. I, I've asked other pro athletes. I said, is there a certain number if you're with an organization you don't love, in a city you don't necessarily like, could you walk away from $50 million? And the guy I spoke to was actually a football player, and he said, no way. He says, you reach a point. That's what they've done with this. They've given the money to be such a difference oh. that does Paul George love the Lakers so much that he would take $50 million. Two ten, f- five years, $210 million. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, four years, 160, five years, 210. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one, it's Mike Conley money, which is sad that, that the money's already gotten to that level anyway. But two, it's really interesting. It'll really, to me, be the litmus test of the quote of, does everyone have his price? That's what Adam Silver is betting on, but it came too late. And the funny thing is, Mike, maybe we need one or two more super teams in the interim just for someone to challenge the Cavaliers and someone to challenge the Warriors. Because if the Spurs couldn't do it and the Rockets weren't up to it, and we know there's going to be upheaval with the Clippers, well, there's no one really stepping up as the next team in the West unless maybe Gordon Hayward stays. And in the Eastern Conference, everyone really is spinning their wheels, if anything. It looks like the Raptors are going to take a step back right now. And we don't know if the, if the Wizards maximize and where they can go. And if the Celtics truly do use the number one pick on Markel Fultz, well, they're going to be playing with a rookie team leader. That's going to push them back. I think in the interim, until the CBA really takes into effect in two or three years and holds guys in place, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs. Mike, it better be epic because the NBA is hanging its entire cap on these finals. I'm talking about Iowa Windman and NBA. The NBA finals will begin on uh, July on June one, June not July first, not July first, June one, uh, right around the corner. As if the Cavs take care of business, like we all expect they will. Um, 
Popovich, his behavior, his comments, his Trump bashing has made a lot of people think that maybe he's just bored and that he has reached the end of the line. What, what do you think? I think it's the opposite. I think he's, he thinks he's reached a point where his voice is a voice that he believes can make a difference, that he has a higher calling. So, so if you consider that boredom, that is just more than sports to him right now, I agree with you. I think he thinks that Steve Kerr has spoken about when he retires about possibly moving into politics. Right. He's made himself political in this whole thing as well. The one thing I'll say about the NBA, of all these sports, I think the NBA has probably been more socially active than any of the other big four sports, the exact opposite to a degree of the NFL. I agree and it with will that. be it'll be interesting, Mike, because they're trying to get across a board a broad spectrum of fans and are they alienating? You know, I say it every week here, the Michael Jordan quote about Republicans buy shoes too. That's the same thing the NBA is facing right now. I think for the NBA right now, though, is any publicity is good publicity if you're paying attention, because then you weren't paying attention to the playoffs that weren't. But I do wonder if, you know, the, the presidency and everything else moves on and we realize there's not going to be that kind of immediate change, if, the, if these coaches and people maybe settle down a little more and say, hey, we're the refuge for people to get away from that from their day-to-day life, not that it's not happening, not that Manchester didn't happen in the midst of yesterday's game, but sometimes people just need a little while to clear their heads. So, Mike, I do think it's interesting to see how Adam Silver approaches that going forward. Do uh, Now, the other thing is everyone figured the logic is, and it came up perfectly for the Lakers, that Ball would be a Laker. Yes. Any reason to believe that the father's just continued wackiness and, and interference could become such an issue that the Lakers would run scared? I don't think so. I think if the Lakers move in another direction, whether it's to Josh Jackson or, or maybe De'Aaron Fox and his quickness, it'll be a basketball decision. And I got to admit, I, I thought people really pointing out something that it's really true. Think about who coaches the Lakers, Luke Walton. Think about who Luke, Luke Walton's father is, Bill Walton. Maybe the most outspoken person this side of LeVar Ball anyway. So if anyone can handle, with it, handle this, it's probably Luke Walton in the first place. I think the Lakers make the basketball decision. I also think it's more incumbent upon the media types to decide how they're going to cover it. And Mike, you see it in all trends and all these networks and everything. If people are going to fixate on LeVar Ball, he will never, ever, ever go away. If people are going to fixate on this wonderful player coming out of UCLA and his skills and what he could do for a team, that's when it will. So to me, the sooner that Lonzo Ball emerges as a make a difference player, I think everything else falls into the background. Well, listen, as long as he's going to give them crazy quotes, they're going to run with him. You know that. I mean, you know, yeah, people love you know, that I, stuff. I, but you know what? But there'll be more people going to Lonzo Ball for basketball reaction than there will be. Yet there'll always be the fringe people. Hey, here's a story. and There'll always be TMZ out there. You're absolutely right on that. But I think Lonzo Ball is such a good player in such a situation where he really can show his game that I think he can rise above it all. It will be interesting. Magic Johnson was a showman also. So it'll be interesting to see how Magic handles that. Rob Palinka, a leading agent. So they have so many different type of voices there. I think that's a good spot for him right there.
I think it'll be interesting. We will see now who, who, who Magic Johnson is closer to. Is he closer to Pat Riley and take charge? Is he closer to Phil Jackson, step aside and let things play out with sort of a besmirched sort of grin there? I think that'll be the interesting thing. I think this will work out better than people think. The Warriors uh, very quietly just went through the West without losing a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, you go back, I do, I, and I, I don't know maybe the fans, this might be too long ago, the old Moses Malone, uh, you know, the faux, faux, faux. Yeah. They did it, yeah, first yeah, game. You know, so you wonder, you know, now, they're not going to sweep the Cavaliers, we know that, but this has been, you know, the West was supposed to at least be... The challenge. Uh, yeah, at least somewhat of a challenge. I mean, yeah. this has been... I know they've gotten a break with injuries, but boy, oh boy, this has been pretty easy for the Warriors. Well, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, let's look at the West and the injuries, and without Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker, this was not the same team. That's what the Warriors have. People forget how injured Andre Iguodala was these last few games in this series. It didn't matter. And every time I watch the Warriors, I come to the sort of the same thought. What a shame that we're never getting to see the full Kevin Durant because they move the ball so wonderfully. And what a shame that we don't get to see the Steph Curry of two years ago when he has those 50-point breakout games almost regularly. And what a shame that when Klay Thompson is off a little, you don't realize how off he is because there's too much. To me, there's too much concentration of talent there. And it's a real shame. It's almost like when they're going to have this hockey expansion draft for Las Vegas. Someone should expansion draft off of the, off of the Warriors because you know what? These individual players are better than the sum of their parts, and they're all being thrown together, and they move the ball beautifully with Draymond Green also. But Kevin Durant has so much more to offer and can't offer it on that team. Mike, I think to a degree that's also a shame. You know, it's amazing just how, you know, to have four players on one team like that. I mean, we've seen teams with three good players. We've seen teams with three players who at one time, I mean, there was a time when Jordan Pippen and Rodman were playing really spectacular basketball, but they didn't have a fourth guy. I mean, you're talking about two guys in the top five or six. You're talking about four guys in the top 12. I mean, that's an outrageous amount of talent on one team. It really yeah, is. I really do wonder if he reaches a point where Clay Thompson says enough is enough. I and think he's he becomes, the one who has had a yeah. sacrifice, no question. Yeah. And I think he's the breaking point guy. I really think he might be the guy who, like, realizes – I mean, he's a really, really good player, Mike, and he would be a leading man on oh, so many teams. wonderful player, yes. And his, his contract comes up after the 18-19 season, so he has two more seasons after this. I'm really curious to see if a player like that, you know, obviously they're going to be on a roll in the NBA Finals, but he could go to so many teams in the Eastern Conference and make his team one of the best teams next to Cleveland. I'm curious about that. To me, he's the guy who's lost in the shuffle. I just think it's too much. I think it's too much of an embarrassment of riches, and I, just, I do wonder which player will blink first on the Warriors. Right now, Steve Kerr's done a great job of keeping it under control. Mike Brown, when he's not there, it sort of shows you how you don't necessarily need the ultimate coaching when your team's that good, but I think Clay Thompson's the guy to look at when it comes to body language and everything else, because his star turn will never come the way this lineup is set up. All right, in closing, uh, is there any rumbling that you have heard yet that at least interests you about somebody trading anybody in the top seven, eight picks? No, actually, it's interesting, because I spoke to an agent about that. He thinks the top eight picks are so strong this year that trading down into that is going to be very difficult. As you know, the Knicks at number eight, a lot of people are lining up Dennis Smith to him. There really are going to be difference makers, I think, probably through the top ten or so, 
And I think getting in there will come at a good cost. I think 10 through 22 is sort of your choice of players doesn't make as much of a difference. This is a difference-making draft. And as much as people will say, hey, when it came to the Knicks, Porzingis was on the table. It was an easy decision for Phil. I think this will be a defining moment for Phil if he does go for a point guard and stays with the triangle. Can he find a guy, whether it's Dennis Smith who's going to buy in it, into it, whether it's Frank uh, Nitalinka, Linkika, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that right, the guard out of Strasbourg is playing in France right now. I think for the Knicks, this is the moment that will show you how far their scouting is. This is not someone jumping up ahead of them and Porzingis is there with a the decision. This is something that they will have to craft this decision, and I think this could be sort of the first step if there is to be a true makeover. I know they would love whether it's Malik Monk or especially De'Aaron Fox to fall. Oh. I don't see that happening. All right, I will talk next week. Thanks. Catch you next week. Thanks, All right, I will win them in back after this.